0: And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad that you could join us today, and thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That does include YouTube, so check us out and subscribe there. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Islanders fall to the Colorado Avalanche by a score of 5-4, to four, a game that sadly was not as close as the final score. It was Close, only because of one player's outstanding effort, and then a late rally by the Islanders that was just too little too late. We're going to break down this game, explain what went wrong, how the Islanders uh, were able to get back into this game, but ultimately fell short. So lots to discuss, including the play of Simeon Varlamov. If you've got something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like us to talk about on the show, feel free to send us an email, the email address lockedonislanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, NYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game next game up Thursday when they face the Columbus Blue Jackets at home. All right, let's get right to it. We're going to start by talking a little bit about Simeon Varlamov. And I'll tell you, I feel for Varley. Because in this game, you know, the Islanders lose to the Avalanche 5-4. And Simeon Varlamov faced 49 shots in this game. None, I believe, in the final six minutes or so. Uh, And through 40 minutes, it was a 1-1 hockey game, somehow. And the reason, and really the only reason was the outstanding goaltending of Simeon Varlamov. And Varley, facing one of his former teams, I mean, he was playing with Colorado for several seasons, and, you know, look, Varley only has three wins all year. The team has not scored goals in front of him, uh, about one and a half goals, a little bit more than one and a half goals of support per game, when Varley is out there. And look, for whatever reason, they just don't play their A game when Varlamov is in net. And here was a game against the best team or the team with the best record in hockey. I think they are the best team in hockey right now. And let's face it, for the first 53 minutes of this game, 54 minutes of this game, The Avalanche were skating circles around the Islanders. And let's say 52 minutes of this game. And it was only 1 1 after 40 minutes because Varlamov stood on his head. Throughout this game, we saw two on ones, odd man rushes of different, you know, three on twos, one breakaways. So many of those 49 shots, it wasn't just, you know, the number of shots, but those shots came from, and I'll say this, you cannot blame Simeon Varlamov for any part of this loss. The only thing you could do is realize that it shouldn't have been 1-1 after two periods, if Varlamov did not stand on his head and just play outstanding goal. And it easily could have been 7-1 before the Islanders, or 8-1 before the Islanders made that big last, you know, seven or eight minute rally to pull to within 5-4. It was shot after shot, turnover after turnover, and look, The Islanders are not the only team to struggle against the Colorado Avalanche. And, you know, the one thing we talked about when we previewed this game was that the Islanders' defense had to slow down the Avs in the neutral zone because the uh, Avalanche have so many talented players. Fast, skilled, size, all the attributes you need. And... Look, the Islanders could not get it done. Nathan McKinnon, one goal, three points, nine shots on goal. In the first period alone, the Islanders had seven shots on goal as a team. Nathan McKinnon had six. You could not slow this guy down. And the Islanders are fortunate that he only had one goal in this game because he had chances to get a bunch more. And the Islanders, again, not getting the offensive contributions from some of the players they need to get more from. And more importantly, their defense was a step slow. They were sloppy in their own zone. They coughed up the puck too often. And you are not If you're the New York Islanders, a team that does struggle to score goals, you are not beating the Colorado Avalanche, the team with the best record in hockey, if you don't play Islanders hockey. And Islanders hockey is limiting those quality scoring chances. It's being smart with the puck in your own end. And we just simply did not see any of that from the Islanders until it was too late. And if I'm Simeon Varlamov, facing 49 shots in 57 minutes, and many of them quality opportunities, I feel like I should be able to sue my teammates for non-support, and they haven't supported him really all season. Uh, Defensively, this was a dreadful game, and I I hate to pick on this guy, but he really did have a rough game. Sebastian Ajo credited with three giveaways, probably had could have been credited with one or two more. took a uh, you know, had a giveaway that then led him to take a penalty in his own zone. Uh, just a, 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 a rough outing for Aho and look, I like Sebastian Aho. He's a, a good guy. He deserves an opportunity somewhere, but defensively. He just doesn't get the job done. And, and Noah Dobson has his sort of uh, defensive breakdowns as well, and we've talked about that. But Noah Dobson contributes enough offense to at least let you live with the defensive breakdowns while he's learning. Sebastian Ajo doesn't give you enough upside to justify, you know, three giveaways in 13 minutes and 44 seconds of ice time. Just not going to get it done. And the way the Islanders played in their own zone in this game wasn't going to get it done either. So too many breakdowns, too many turnovers, no consistent ability to slow down the avalanche in the neutral zone and to stop the opposition from just getting so many quality shots. And if it weren't for Simeon Varlamov, who was outstanding in this game, have been over by the end of the first period, let alone the end of the second period, let alone, you know, the fact that the Islanders were able to get back into the game with three goals in the final seven and a half minutes, but rough one for Islanders fans, but sort of typical of this season, the inconsistency of this team, and it is really why one of the big reasons why they are not going to make the playoffs this year. We have got a lot more to talk about on today's show. We will have some more key takeaways from this disappointing 5-4 loss to the Avalanche, all that, plus our Islanders birthday of the day, and a lot more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. Football may be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, Pretty much, if you want to bet on it, you can find it at betonline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen. Now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NHL game Monday through Friday with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So many frustrating aspects of this game, but let's give credit where credit is due. The Islanders did not quit in this game. And for that alone, I have to give them credit. Because realistically, you know, they were down 5-1. They're playing Again, the team with the best record in hockey. And they are unable to complete the comeback, but they didn't give up. And you have to give credit where credit is due for that. Also got to give credit to Anders Lee. Lee scoring a goal in this game. That is the 200th goal of his NHL career. So congratulations to Anders Lee for... Uh, reaching that milestone, and look, the Islanders easily could have folded their tents down 5-1. to one. And, okay, yeah, they got to within a goal with, what was it, 26 seconds left, but they didn't stop trying. And, you know, they had a power play opportunity down to with about three and a half minutes left in the game. And this drove me absolutely nuts. They're out there passing the puck around, passing the puck around. Josh Bailey must have passed three or four times, but he wasn't the only one. You're down two goals. You have two extra men on the ice. You pulled your goalie. You have three minutes, two and a half minutes, two minutes left in the game. You can't kill your own power play by passing the puck around the perimeter. You got to put the puck on net. You never know what's going to happen when you put the puck on net. You could get a deflection, a bad bounce, a screen. The goalie could misplay it. You can get a rebound. All those things are possible when you put the puck on net. And when you need one goal, okay, maybe you could have a little more flexibility to to pass the puck and get that perfect shot and 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 Go around the perimeter and try to figure out, you know, what the best angle is to try to get that optimum opportunity. But you know what? When you're down two goals, two goals, you have got to shoot and shoot and shoot some more. And no, you don't want to take terrible shots, but put the puck on net and go to the net. And unfortunately, the Islanders did neither on that power play. And getting back to it, You score on that power play, you have a much better chance of trying to get that tying goal in the closing minute. But the Islanders just didn't get that job done. So that was a very frustrating moment for the Islanders right there. As for Brock Nelson, uh, he had another goal. And that was encouraging because, again, we've talked about his consistency. And if you want to hear more about the consistency of Brock Nelson, check out yesterday or the Monday podcast. We talked about him. Uh, But, again, too many guys in this game just not getting enough done offensively. And if they did, not until it was too late. Kyle Palmieri. One shot on goal. Josh Bailey, one shot on goal. Uh, Kiefer Bellows and Oliver Wallstrom, one shot on goal each. These guys need to be putting more pucks on net. Anthony Bevilier finished with four, but most of them were not until after the game was out of reach. J.G. Pajot, two shots on net. You gotta have some more guys shooting. And look, I know, I know. The Islanders still didn't have their most dynamic offensive player, Matthew Barzal, and we don't know when he's coming back. It's still day to day. We'll see if he's ready to come back Thursday. Still knows Zdeno Chara because he's on the injured reserve now. But realistically, you got to do better. And one thing I don't understand is that Barry Trotz broke up the Parise, Palmieri, and Pajot line. That line that had worked so well together uh, was not together today, and they probably should have been. Uh, Anders Lee, two goals, three points. He led the way offensively, but just overall not enough offense and too many Defensive opportunities allowed by the Islanders in this game. And it's just not going to get the job done against a quality opponent like the Colorado Avalanche. And look, one other thing that I, I'm going to put out there that, you know, maybe not everybody wants to hear, but a game like Simeon Varlamov his performance, 44 saves against the Avalanche, so many of them important quality stops, big stops on dangerous opportunities. If you're a scout and you're attending this game and you're wondering, if you're a scout for the Vegas Golden Knights or the Toronto Maple Leafs or uh, you know a few of the other playoff teams who are looking for goaltending help, What you saw out of Simeon Varlamov should be enough to tell you that Varley is good enough to help my team come playoff time. And if you roll the tape of this game, you see that Varlamov is playing his angles better, his reflexes are faster, he's sharp, he is uh, more confident than he had been previously, and no doubt about it, Simeon Varlamov is capable of helping a team in the playoffs. So if you're looking for a trade for a goalie, Varley <coughs> certainly could help a team this year. And the Islanders could get a little cap relief. And the Islanders could really uh, get a prospect or a draft pick or both in a deal For Varlamov, just saying, putting it out there because uh, ultimately we're going to see some moves at the trade deadline and, you know, time is ticking. We are now less than two weeks away from the trade deadline and, and it'll be interesting to see what Lou Lamorello does when we get to that point. We have got more to get to on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We have got our Islanders birthday of the day, a physical player. We'll talk about that and a few closing thoughts. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You could save time and money when using Rock Auto. So why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for 20 years and rock autos prices are reliably low for every customer they have everything you would need brake parts tail lamps motor oil even a new carpet go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day. We're going to go back to the early 2000s to the mid 2000s and wish a a day late, a very happy 42nd birthday to former Islanders winger, Eric Goddard. Goddard, a native of Vernon, British Columbia, 6'4", 227 pounds, played for the Lethbridge Hurricanes of the Western Hockey League and... Just to give you an idea, even in juniors, Eric Goddard in his last year in Juniors 60 games for Lethbridge, three goals, eight points, 310 penalty minutes. Uh, with the Islanders, his his biggest season, 2005, 2006, he played 57 games, two goals, four points, 115 penalty minutes. After spending parts of three seasons with the Isles, he went on to play for the Calgary Flames and Pittsburgh Penguins uh, before hanging up his skates after one year in the AHL in 2011-2012. For his career, Goddard played in 335 NHL games, six goals, 18 points, 833 penalty minutes. You could add... Seven playoff games, two of which were with the Islanders, and his only playoff assist came with the Isles in 2002. 2003, we're going to go back and look at one of Eric Goddard's better games with the Islanders. December 17, 2005, at the Nassau Coliseum, Islanders taking on, believe it or not, the Colorado Avalanche. David Abisher, the goalie for the Avs, while Rick DiPietro was the netminder for the Isles. And it was the Islanders getting on the board first. Jeff Hamilton, his first from our Islanders' birthday of the day. Eric Goddard and Brent Sopel, just two minutes and 24 seconds into the game. Isles up one to nothing. And later in the period, Aaron Asham gets his sixth from Alexi Yashin and Brent Sopel at 11.56. Two nothing Isles. That was the score after one. In the second period, Miro Chatan makes it 3-0 Isles, his 15th from Aaron Ascham at 419. But then Colorado answers. A power play goal for John Michael Lyles, his 8th. Andrew Burnett and Milan Hayduke with the assists, 3-1. But the Islanders score a mere 39 seconds later. Mark Parrish nets his 11th. Wyatt Smith and Matthias Wienhandel with the assists at 655. Isles up 4-1, a power play goal by Marek Svatos for Colorado, his 16th from John Michael Lyles and David Abisher at 12-26. Isles up 4-2 two after two periods. Chris Campoli scores early in the third to make it 5-2 Islanders. Radek Martinek and Mike York with the assist, but then late goals by Alex Tange and Marek Svatos. Make it close, but the Islanders managed to hold on for a 5-4 win over the Avalanche. Rick DiPietro with 29 saves to earn the win, but for Eric Goddard, our Islanders' birthday of the day, he had an assist, he was a plus one, and he managed to get into a fight all in just 4 minutes and 55 seconds worth of ice time. So a very happy... uh 42nd birthday. Monday was the actual birthday. So happy 42nd to Eric Goddard. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. A frustrating loss. I guess the best part of this game was twofold. Number one, the great play of Simeon Varlamov. And number two, the fact that this Islander team did not quit. But now, realistically, you got to start thinking about who is going to be traded at the trade deadline to free up some cap space, and to be able to afford to bring in the two things this team really needs going forward. And that is a sniper and a puck-moving defenseman. If you move Varley, you probably need a backup goalie as well, but again, we'll get to that point. Uh, And I think the other thing that Lou Lamorello has to do is figure out who his core is. And you know, does Josh Bailey get included in that core? Does Anthony Bevillier, who has been remarkably inconsistent, is he still a part of this core? Who are the guys who you're gonna go to war with next year who you think are the guys who are responsible for you being a playoff contender the last couple of years? That's the big question that Lou Amorello has to answer. And then how do you fill in those missing pieces to get back to where you were just a year and two years ago? Thanks for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll have our weekly farm report. And we'll have the latest injury updates on both Zidane O'Chara and Matthew Barzal and a whole lot more. So make sure you join us for that. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.